0: Genesis 126, and then I'm going to move straight to my preaching and teaching this morning. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them. Be fruitful. Those were the very first set of words. That the very first man that God created her. Fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And I have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Hallelujah. You will notice that God didn't say have dominion over other people. He said, I Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air. Over everything that creeps. And there is also a phrase there that we need to uh, put in perspective. And over every living thing. Over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Viruses are living things. There are some of these microorganisms. If you put your uh microscope on them in the laboratory you see them moving spirogyra amoeba proteus and the rest of them some of them when they come into the human body they cause sicknesses and diseases but the bible says that god has given you as a man dominion over them which means we can speak to microbes we can so sicknesses and diseases, which are as a result of this, their activities in our bodies, we can stop sicknesses and diseases in our body. Can I have an amen to that? And in the bodies of other people. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. And the Bible says, Go to the next, go move on, move on, move on now, quickly. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover. So we have dominion over sickness and disease. It doesn't have to kill you. And you don't have to permit it in your body. Because whatever you permit will persist. Sickness and disease don't have to kill any of your family members. If you spot it around you, you can curse it. You can speak to it. You can speak over it. Because you have dominion over it. You must exercise your dominion. Very important. Very important. And this morning, I want to continue the series that I started about two weeks ago, titled The Three D's to Dominion. There are three D's to dominion. If you want to walk in dominion, you want to operate in dominion. Now, listen, dominion is your heritage. But the fact that it's your heritage does not mean you're going to enjoy it. All right? <laughs> Just like all the other promises of God, God doesn't want us sick. But are there not Christians that are sick all over the world? Maybe some watching online this morning or some listening. God doesn't want us poor and broke. But are there not Christians that are poor and broke all over the world? God doesn't want us to be oppressed and depressed. But are there not depressed people living in the church? But I'm, I'm, I'm calling us to an awakening this morning. A spiritual awakening to who we are in Christ. If you have already received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not to be dominated. You are to walk in dominion. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? It is your heritage, it's your birthright. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, maybe there are certain things in your life that have not become new. It simply means that you have not started walking in dominion in those fears of your life. In Psalm 110 and verse 2, it said, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. But do you know there are many Christians that are oppressed by enemies? They are still running away from the witches and wizards in their family. They are still being oppressed in their dreams. They are still being oppressed in daylight. We have daylight robbery going on in the lives of many people. Many are living in fear. Which is the spirit of bondage. According to Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. We have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear. But the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. But it is the will of God. According to Psalm 110 verse 2. That you rule in the midst of your enemies. Not that you run away from enemies. In Psalm 23, one of the verses there, it said, Thou preparest a table, maybe verse 4, verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why? Because I have dominion. So I will eat in their presence and they can do nothing about it. Are you with me, church? We are scheduled to rule in the midst of enemies. Oh, I've got haters. I've got people who don't like me. They're just beefing me. You are not to run away from them. If you run away from them, you are, you are a coward. If you run to another place, what about if new enemies gather against you? Oh, there are witches in that church. Let me run to another church. You run to another church and there are witches there too. You run to a place of work and there are witches. Will you resign your job because there are witches in your place of work? No, you chase away the witches. When light comes, darkness disappears. Because light always has dominion over darkness. Have you ever seen light begging darkness to go? It doesn't beg it to go. You flip on the light, darkness disappears. Darkness is driven back. Listen, church. The the strength of darkness is the absence of light. There is no darkness that is so powerful. It's because you have not turned on the light. And I'm helping you to turn on the light in your spirit man this morning. So that you stop living in fear. You stop being a slave to what they call anxiety disorder. I know what that means because I've been there. You stop being a slave to the spirit of darkness. Come on. The Bible says Christ has redeemed. He has actually delivered us. God has t- delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Colossians chapter 1, I believe verse 10 tells us that. All the way, no, 13. Colossians 1, let's go there quickly. Colossians, you need to see who you are this morning. The knowledge of who you are delivers you from who you used to be. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Verse 13. It says who who is about to deliver us from the power of darkness. Is that what you have in your Bible? Come on, talk to me, church. Is that what you have in your Bible? God is still trying to figure out how to deliver you from the power of darkness. Is that what you have? What does your Bible tell you this morning? Who hath delivered us. He has already done it. It's a done deal. You have been delivered. From the power of darkness. We are not saying that darkness doesn't have power. But we are saying we have been delivered from that power. So that power is not supposed to exercise dominion over us. And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. There is a switch of kingdoms here. We used to be slaves under Satan. Under his dominion. But now we have been delivered from him. And we have been translated into a new kingdom. The moment the day you get a visa to the United Kingdom. And you fly. And you land at Heathrow Airport in London and a Nigerian police officer shows up to say you are under arrest. On the soil of the United Kingdom, you can give me a hot slap. Unless it's Interpol. Because Interpol can work over there. A regular Nigerian police officer. Oh, I see you. Um, you were the one I accused of possessing illegal an illegal laptop. And you say, hey, I showed you my receipt back in Nigeria, Mokola Ibadan, Nigeria. And excuse me, Mr. Man, this is Leicester, United Kingdom. This is the city of Leicester. Or this is Loughborough in Leicester. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or this is, this is, this is, uh, uh, maybe Arsenal in London. Arsenal is an area in North London. This is London, all right? So, uh, or or maybe this is uh, Twickenham. And this is not Mokola Ibadan, Nigeria. Are you getting what I'm saying? The laws of Nigeria don't obtain in the United Kingdom. For example, in Nigeria, we drive on the right. When you're driving, that's why when you're going to the University of Ibadan, you cross over to the other side of the road, that's where you drive. If you're coming to Mokola, you drive on the right, down to Mokola. In the United Kingdom, it's the opposite. They drive on the left. So it will take you a while to adjust to the system. All right? I I saw the way one of my cousins was driving. I was in um, Milton Keynes, and she was taking me around Milton Keynes. I was like, man, I'm not sure I want to... In my mind, i have not sure I want to drive here, at least for a while. Unless I want to live in this city or live in this country for about six months. And to take me some time to adjust. Because if I, if I hit the road, I'm going to be driving on the right. If you drive on the right in the UK, that's a traffic offense. And man, it's, it, it comes with a huge fine. If you don't get yourself killed. The laws of Nigeria don't obtain in the United Kingdom. The laws of the Kingdom of Darkness... Where Satan rules and dominates, do not obtain in the kingdom of our God. Where you are right now, so sickness and disease, poverty, lack, depression—they all belong to the to the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. Now, if he tries to bring them on you, you have the right to say, "Hey, no, Mister Devil, stop it right there." Or you have the right to say, "Oh, ah, Mister Devil, why are you trying to oppress me? Leave me alone, please." And Satan doesn't listen to that. He's the goat of the beans market. Very stubborn. You chase him away, he'll come back. You chase him away, he'll come back. You chase him again, he'll come back. That's the way he is. And so you have to keep chasing him. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and then he will flee from you. you remember that when he fled from Jesus, he came back again in another season, the Bible says. Telling you to start learning to walk in dominion this morning, it is your heritage. Don't let Satan dominate your life. Don't be a slave to anything or to anyone. Are you getting what I'm saying? If, if there is a... Fr- I, 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 I learned there's something very popular on Twitter. It was popular maybe like two weeks ago. I don't know if it's still popular right now. No grief for anybody in 2024. If there's anybody you're not going to grieve for, it's Satan. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you disobey the law of the land and you fight with the police, you end up in jail. And I'm not going to come see you in prison. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, it's my pastor. What did you do? I didn't grieve for police. One one of my one of the guys that worked for me, work on my car. Uh, uh, I I went to the mechanic village and I was asking for him because wanted to give him a job to do. And I was told that he had been incarcerated. I said, ah, "What happened?" They said they beat up a policeman. What? He didn't just beat him up; he broke his gun. This guy is strong from Edo state. Edo people powerful. I grew up in their midst. We know not agree. I'm Edo. They are Edo, but do Edo together. He, he, he beat up a policeman and broke his gun. I said, man, that's the capital of Enzo. Broke his gun. They will say you beat up the federal government of Nigeria. I don't know how long he's going to stay in jail. No grief for anybody. No grief for anybody. Listen. grieve with God. grieve with the Holy Ghost. And grieve with the laws of the land. Are you getting what I'm saying? Policeman stops here and road I'm driving. I no not go grief for anybody this year. God, policeman. Oh, boy. If there's anybody to not grieve for, it is Satan the devil. Are you getting what I'm saying? He tries to bring nonsense on you. He tries to tell you you are depressed. Nobody likes you. Tell him to shut up. How did you get to find out? How did you get to know that nobody likes me? I know everybody likes me. If if nobody likes me, I like myself. Glory be to God. I like me. A man that has helped me a whole lot in life. I grew up in the midst of very tall boys. And they used to make jest of me. Short boy. All kind of names. But I like me. I always liked me from secondary school. Man, I, I used to bounce. I don't know if I still do. I'm a pastor now. But but we actually rehearsed our way into bouncing. And then it became natural. And I will just bounce into class. Ah, this short boy he's so confident. Because I would not subject my life to your validation. I don't care whether you like me or not. I don't care what you're saying about me. I love me. And I'm me. And I'm going to do me. Praise God. Amen. And before long, some of them started becoming my friends. And I went to a very public, to a publicly public secondary school in Sabo Ibadan. There was a time I enrolled in in an extramural class and I had all these boys from ISI. And you know ISI boys back in the day. ISI was number one in Ibadan. All of these uh, private schools that have now sprung up everywhere, none of them could stand ISI. ISI, I mean, if you went from staff school to ISI, it was the botees that went there. You know the botees? Omo Bota. The classes here. I mean, your boy, this is how you walk. <laughs> oh, my mommy. oh my, get inside. All right, mommy. All right, mom. But me, I'll be back for you. Mokola boy. You get what I'm saying? Forget these glasses, though. I just started wearing a couple of years ago. And I joined that class, and it was in Methodist, Buttigieg. I would just enter class, you know, back in the day. You know, just enter class. Jam, I think it was jam class or GC class, something like that. And some of those girls would look at me like, man, man, who be this guy, man? This guy get confidence. Then there was a the day there was an argument between me and the English language teacher. The English language was my forte. And the man gave us an example, and it was wrong, and I tried to point his attention to the... I, didn't, I wasn't rude. I just tried to point his attention that, sir, according to the dictionary, so, so, and so, and so, and so because I did my research. I, 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 I slept and woke up with my dic- dictionary by my side. I understood how to read the conscript forms of words. That is how to pronounce words. All right. And I tried to show the man the man said, No, no, what do you mean? That's wrong, man. Dictionary was wrong. So he said, next class, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my own dictionary, Cambridge. These boys went to bring their own dictionary. In my support, we never used to talk, you know, guys. Like you feel like you say you're feeling, you don't talk to somebody, you're big, I miss ever big. I'm very big inside. I've always been big inside. This teacher brought his dictionary. These boys brought theirs. They both found out I was right. Teacher was wrong. Man, teacher started hating on me. That was when I knew that these guys really pretty much now subscribe to my lifestyle. And they began to like me. In the in, At the start, I was just me on my own. One man army. Have a very healthy self-image. It will help you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you are going to go abroad for your master's or your PhD and you are the only black person in a class full of white people. If you don't have a healthy self-image, people will intimidate you. They will bully you. And I'm training my son that way. Let nobody bully you. Okay? They tell you you are short. tell them you are too tall. If you say I'm too short, you are too tall. In fact, I so terrorized my tall friends, I told them, look, they will make jest of me. Sword boy. You know. <laughs> in fact, there's one I won't tell you. Bad name. They will give you, because you are short. Unless you can unravel it. SMD. (laughs) You know, one day, I told them, I said, guys, come, come. You see where I am, eh? this is the level of wisdom. If you are shorter than me, you are too short. You, you, You need to scale up a little bit so you can be wise. Because this is the standard. I said, but you guys have grown beyond wisdom. That's why you're foolish. I tell you, that was my deliverance from those tall boys. They were so quiet, their legs were heavy, and they went home quietly. And I also bounced home. Hallelujah. Finally, I secured my freedom. Our pastor's son in Berlin, Germany, his first son, the guy's a medical student now, when he was little, they moved over to Germany. And you know there is racism in that country and some other countries of the world? They used to terrorize the boy, white students in his class. He said, why you black? You black me. And the boy would feel so bad. One day he got home and told his dad. He was so moody. Dad, I'm tired of all this. Blah, blah, blah. Dad told him, don't worry. You're a child of God. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. You have to walk in dominion. Like I'm teaching you dominion this morning. The boy got to school the next day. His friends looked at him and said, why are you so black? And normally he would be crying. (laughs) He looked at them and said, why are you so white? They had never heard that before. And you know, when you when you say nasty things to white people, they turn from white to pink, some white to red. Their faces were red. The teacher was white. They started screaming, oh, oh, no. Teacher turned back and said, what's going on? He said, this black boy, this black boy, this black boy, what happened? He said, these white boys, these white boys. He so what happened? They said, they asked me why I was so black, and I asked them why they were so white. He said, white like paper. That's how to deal with the devil. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be intimidated and be boxed into a corner. Ah, ah, Pastor, hello, please pray for me. I saw a mask in my dream. I will not pray for you. Pray for yourself. Get up. Let the lion on the inside of you rise. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Revelation 5.5. 5. It says, one of the elders said unto me, Weep not for the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hebrews 2.11 says, Both he that sanctified, and they who are sanctified are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brother. You are his brother. And who is Jesus? The lion of the tribe of Judah. You are his sister. And who is Jesus? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Can a god be the brother of a lion? Can a hyena be the sister of a lion? Come on, talk to me, church. If it's a lion, then I'm a lion. Because he's my big brother. There is a lion in you. Don't let him be boxed into a corner. There's a time to roar. You're not a dog. Don't bark. Roar. Roar in the place of prayer. Roar on your knees. Roar. On everything that the enemy is trying to bring on your body. Roar on everything that the enemy is trying to achieve in your family. Roar like a lion. Because you're a lion. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? To said to us. Number one D to dominion is determination. I don't have time to go over it. You must be determined. Determination is... When you make up your mind in the valley to climb the mountain, that's step one. But determination is not enough. Determination alone is not enough. The prodigal son said, I will arise and go to my father. But if he did not arise, he would have stayed back right there and he would have died in penury. Luke chapter 15, verses 17 to 20. I will arise and go to my father. That's determination. I will get up and go to church. That's determination. I will pray two hours every day. That's determination. But determination alone is not enough. I will never be poor again in my life. That's determination. I had that for the first time in my life from the mouth of our lead pastor in this church. That one day he just woke up and said, look, I've had enough, enough with poverty. I will never be broke again another day. Determination. And if you are that determined and you put the necessary actions to follow, don't let it shock you that you might be the trailblazer in your entire generation. You will change the game. You will change the order of the day in your family. It doesn't matter how many generations have been poor in your family. You will be the one to break that jinx because you have said and you have made up your mind, I will never be broke again in my life. Just one man. Just one man. Just It takes one person. No, I will never be sick again in my life. There is nothing like, oh, it's our family sickness. Grandpa had it. My, my dad had it. Now I'm, I'm feeling the symptoms. Kill it. Change the narratives. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? We don't go beyond this level in our family. Everybody gets to O level. We don't have a first degree. That those, the, the highest is first degree. Nobody does. No, nobody bags the masters. You can break that. You can change it. You can change the narratives. Nobody gets married and stays married. It's one thing to be married. It's another to stay married. In some families, they don't even get married at all. They have a delay. All the ladies are still single. And they're in their 50s now. I know what I'm talking about. I know families like that. And for some, they get married, but they're coming back home. In fact, the day they are getting married like this, they still keep their room. Their parents still keep the room. They keep the doors for them. Because they know as surely as they have gone, they're still coming back. Maybe two, three years down the line. And if they survive, maybe five years. Is that the will of God? Are you sleeping? Is that the will of God? You can say no to that demon in the family. You can say no to that principality. You have no power over me. You spirit of oppression, you have no power over me. You are messing up with the wrong lady. (laughs) You are messing up with the wrong guy. You you mess up with the wrong person when you mess up with the person that can pray. Psalm 65 verse 2. Oh, thou that hear us pray. Unto thee shall all flesh, no respect for anybody, shall all flesh come. No preference. White, black, green, brown, Hispanic, no respect for anybody, no preference. Unto thee shall all flesh come. This is the confidence that we have in him. That whatsoever we ask according to his will, he heareth us. First John 5 and verse 14. We have a confidence in him that when we pray, he will hear If there are Christians who can pray, there's a God who can answer. You can change the narratives in your family. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? You don't have to be a beggar. Your parents are maybe begging people to survive. You don't have to beg. You don't have to. All it takes is to have a change of mentality, a change of mind, and and determine. Determine I'm not going to be that. I've seen from the Bible, Psalm 37, verse 25. I've been young. Now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken or see begging bread? I should not beg bread. Come on now. Come on now, I I shouldn't be the beggar, I shouldn't be the one, people see his call and they refuse to pick my call. No, I'm not going to take that. That might be my current situation, but I'm changing that now in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Step one is determination. But determination alone is not enough. You need to fuel it. Fuel it. Fuel your determination with what is called dedication. I moved on to dedication last week and I'm going to be there also today. I thought I will go to the third D today, but there's a whole lot to learn from the life of the Apostle Paul, whom I'm going to show us today. Dedication. The Lord Jesus Christ said in John 12, 24, except a corn of wheat falls down to the earth and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. It brings forth much fruit. That's dedication. Unless you die, you can't germinate. You cannot bring forth fruit. If you die alone, if you don't sow your life as a seed into the things of God, if you live and die alone, you abide alone. You will leave no footprints on the sands of time. I don't want to die like that. I want to live my life and die in such a way that I would have impacted my generation and generations yet unborn. Today, there are many legacies we celebrate. Papa Kennedy again, A.A. Alan. Uh, Lester Sumrall, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, and the rest of them. Men, John G. Lake, B- John, John Bonian, John, John Knox, John Prain Hyde. These were men that, that shaped history. Men that birthed revival. Men like William J. C. Moore and his company. Uh, women of God like, like Catherine Coleman, like Maria Woodworth Ether. These were women that, changed the course of history, we, 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 we would never forget the likes of Martin Luther King Jr., Charles Finney, Charles Wesley, John Wesley. These were people like us, men of like passion, women of like passion. What made the difference in their generation? They were dedicated, dedicated to the cause of the gospel. Dedicated to prayer. Dedicated to the word of God. Uh, if you're a Christian that only opens your Bible on Sundays alone when you come to church, you are not serious. In fact, some don't have a Bible. Are you a Christian? Say, I have a phone. My my, 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 app, my Bible app is on my phone. That's not your Bible. That's your phone. As everybody lifts up your Bible, some of will, Some people will lift up their devices. Say, this is my Bible. No, this is not your Bible. This is your iPhone. This is your iPad. I am what he says I am. Are you what your phone says you are? I'm not against having devices. I have devices myself. By the help of God, I have, I have phones and I have, I have an iPad. But I have a collection of Bibles. And I've told you before in this church, I'm going to have a collection of Bibles so that when I become a grandpapa and my grandkids come to my house, And my great-grandkids come to my house. They will find my collection of Bibles. And they will be so happy to read them. And those Bibles have been so torn and scattered all over the place. And I put them together, bind them together, go to the next Bible. And it will be so used. The fact that your Bible is torn does not mean that your life is torn. In fact, if your Bible is torn, it shows that your life is together. Can I have an amen to that? Some of you, your Bibles are too neat because you don't read them. I, I, I was privileged to go to the library of um, William, uh, Billy, Billy Graham in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, in the United States. And one of the, one of the attractions there in that library, because the library is a tourist uh, center, so like a tourist attraction center. I, I went to the Bible area. In the glass, they put his different Bibles small Bible, big Bible, Bible medium sized Bible. They said these were his Bibles. He read them, he lived them, he preached them. Till today, that man remains a celebrity in God's kingdom. He died at the age of a hundred. I went to the house, the home where he was born. I entered the place. I, I made a tour of his of his farm. I saw I saw different things, and I he, he's got a garden in that library. In that garden, they buried his wife there. He was still alive when I traveled twenty sixteen. They buried his wife there, but it's a place where people just go, sit down, have a quiet time with God and pray. Then apart from that place, he now created another place called the Cove. That's where I'm going to next. The Cove. This is a prayer retreat center. If you want to also spend time alone with God, what what made these people so special? Their dedication to the gospel. Don't live a life that is so crowded. You don't have time. You are not dedicated to prayer. You are not dedicated to the Word of God. Oh, you know it's Nollywood. You are the you are the, you are most current with what is happening in Nollywood. You heard the lead pastor talk about that yesterday. Some of you can quote Ogogo. Ogogo said in that film, You know, it was, no, no, it was not good. I said, It, it was, it was, it was a uh, 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 kura matete. This life is not a playground. Even if your field is theater arts, this life is not a playground. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? This life, do you know that this life is beyond what you see? As we are in this room now, there are invisible forces here. Paul, the apostle, picked it up in the New Testament. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, different levels. Powers, next level. Spiritual wickedness in our places. Those are the kind of things we are wrestling with every day. They want to destroy your life. They are the ones encouraging you to watch pornography. They are the ones encouraging you to steal. They are the ones encouraging you to lie. They are the ones encouraging you to do all the bad things in the world. They are influencing you from another world. And unless you are spiritually strong yourself, you will not be able to say no. Anything they say, say yes. Anything, say yes. Dedication. The Lord Jesus was dedicated to the cause of the Father. I, I spoke about that extensively last week. If you were not here, get that message. And today I want to look at the life of Paul the Apostle. It was Saul of Tarsus who became Paul the Apostle. The same dedication he had to the Jewish religion, this man brought it to the kingdom of God when he encountered Christ. Galatians 1.13 on the screen. Galatians 1.13, everybody, I want us to read this together. Let's read KJV 1 to go. For ye have heard, now make it, rev it up, rev it up, rev it up. One, two, go. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and did what? Wasted it. He was getting letters from the authorities of the day, the religious leaders of the time. And he was persecuting the church. Now, in the Jews' religion, he believed that he was right. He believed that they were the ones serving God, that Christians were not serving God. The believers in Christ were not serving God. That they were they were they were just some strange people who were trying to pollute their own religion. Religion was all he had. Religion is dangerous. All some people have is religion. Let's go to church on Sunday. And sing holy, holy, holy. We can live anyhow Monday to Saturday. But on Sunday morning again, we carry our Bible, we dust it. Let's go to church. When we're in church, God is in the church. When we're outside the church, God is no more there. We can live anyhow. That's religion. And it's dangerous. Religion was what the religious leaders of the day had when they accused Jesus of working on the Sabbath day when he healed the hand of a man. That was withered on the Sabbath day. He said, No! You are trying to pollute our religion because the, the religion tells us that you don't do any work. You don't do any work on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day. And Jesus asked them, All of you religious leaders, if, if any of you has a sheep or an animal or like a goat that falls into a ditch on the Sabbath day, will you bring him out of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the pit or not? They were quiet. Don't you give water to your animals on the Sabbath day? They were quiet. In John chapter 5, he healed the man that had been paralyzed for 38 years. And he told the man specifically, rise up, take up your bed, and go home. The man had been in that condition for 38 years. None of the religious leaders could heal him. They didn't even make an attempt to gather prayer for him. Like say, we gather day. No, they don't gather day. They didn't pray for him. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed, and go home. And the guy got up, energy came. He didn't need the services of a physiotherapist. If you have been bedridden for 38 years, you can't walk same day. 38 years, even for one year. If anybody's bedridden for one year, they're just on the bed. They're bed fast for one year. And then they attempt to, to run. The same day they get up from bed, they're going to fall. You need a physiotherapist to take you through baby steps again, how to walk again. The man had been there for 38 years. Jesus always, in most of his miracles, collapses time. Off. Away with the services of a physiotherapist. A miracle right here. Get up. The guy got up. Take up your bed. He took up his bed. Go home. The last marching order, and the guy was marching home. Guess what the religious leaders did? They stopped the guy on the way. Has it not been written in our law that thou shall not do any work on the Sabbath day? Why are you carrying your bed? As far as they were concerned, carrying your bed was doing a work on the Sabbath day. Religion. Religion can kill anybody. None of them congratulated him. Ah! Sumonu, you are not working after that yet. Ah, 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 Glory to God. None of them. None of them was happy for him. Nobody hugged him. Nobody embraced him. That's religion. When God does a miracle in your life, religious people will not congratulate you. They beef you. They envy you. Oh, what has he bought now that he won't let us rest? Nonsense. That, that, that girl that she, that she wants to talk, I, 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 I had it like five years ago. She, I even gave it out. Belew, misgiver, be happy for somebody. Rejoice with those who rejoice. But religion doesn't make people do that. And the guy said to them, Hey, he that healed me, the same told me to carry my bed and to go home. So go and ask him. Don't ask me a damn question. Go and ask him. Paul was sold out to the Jewish religion. And in the Jewish religion, he was persecuting the church of God. Obtaining letters, putting women in prison, killing men, wasting their lives. And they believed that he was doing the work of God. He was so zealous like some of these terrorists they have been brainwashed and told that if you kill christians or if you kill unbelievers they call us infidels when you get to Jannah, you'll be given 27 virgins to marry so you blow yourself up in the attempt to kill many people because it will be sweet in the sweet by and by to be married to 27 virgins You want to kill yourself? Do spirits marry? (laughs) Anyways. This was Paul. This was Saul of Tarsus. He was that zealous. In fact, some Bible scholars said, and it's even in the Bible, when they were stoning Stephen, the young men that stoned him actually gave their clothes to Paul. It was Saul then. They, they handed their clothes so that they they could have enough energy and freedom to, to throw the stones. Their overcoats, they handed it to Saul. He took it. He was one that supervised the killing of Stephen. They were stoning him. And the Bible says, Stephen looked up to heaven and he saw Jesus on the right hand of the Father. And he told the Father not to take this against them. He was so dedicated, thank you, and so sold out. So sold out. Saul. Was dedicated to Satan. He didn't know. But this was in the form of of a religion. However, one day. Somebody say one day. On the road to Damascus. Say on the road to Damascus. He met Christ. You find that in Acts chapter 9. I don't have time to read that entire scripture. Because I want to finish this aspect today. Acts chapter 9 verse 1 to 31. When you get to him. The Damascus experience is something you need to read. You need to read and meditate on it. He was on his camel. He was going to Damascus. God is he lost. He had taken letters, permission from the religious authorities to go and close down churches, to go and put the men in prison, kill the women, kill anybody who killed. He had the authority. I was, he was very happy, man. He was He was very, very happy. He was very zealous. Very zealous for the work. And all of a sudden, a light from heaven struck him. Struck him off the camels back. The next thing, this powerful man knew. Some Bible scholars said he was not too tall. He was a short man. The thing, I don't know. When we get to heaven, I don't know. It's one of the characters I like to see in heaven. The Lord knocked him off. The next thing he knew was he was on the floor. He landed. He shouted. When the Lord said to him, so, so, he said, who are you, Lord? He quickly put Lord. He said, this one, power past power. The power that could get me off, yank me off the beast and knocked me on the floor. He said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you persecute. Why do you think I kick against the bricks? He had an encounter with God. That encounter turned him from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the Apostle. It was, a, it was a first-hand encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that somebody preached to him and then he gave his life to Christ. No, he met Christ himself. He became blind. There was a voice speaking to him. He could hear the voice. The men around him were afraid. They saw the great light and the knee was communicating to somebody. But they didn't see the person. And God gave him, the Lord Jesus gave him instructions what to do. To go to the house of one uh, Ananias, uh, etc. Et Whatever instruction, he gave it to him. And Ananias came in and prayed for him. And the scales fell, off, scales fell off from his eyes and he recovered his sight. How do you have such an encounter with God and you say there is no God? It was this encounter that changed and transformed him. And I pray for everyone. May you have an encounter with God. I'm not asking you to go blind. I'm not asking you to fall off a car. You don't have to have that. You can have an encounter in your heart. Some of you are still struggling with you. Five years, stop going to club. Don't go to club. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't smoke. Don't drink. It's because you have not had an encounter with God. And that's why I'm dedicated to praying. Three to five every Monday. I'm not asking God to give me a car. A new car. I'm asking God to give you encounters in your schools, in your places of work, where you work, where you live. I'm asking God to encounter your heart, because one genuine encounter is worth much more than a lifetime of struggles or lifetime of religion. One encounter, you can be in your bedroom and be crying. Nobody beat you. You are just feeling the liquid love of God. Ah, oh, God loves me. Is <laughs> it what's happening to you now? God loves me. Did you survive an accident? No. You know you can do that if you survive an accident. You can come out and say, oh God, thank you. This one, nobody, no accident, nothing. Just you in your room. No preacher, no music, nothing. Everywhere is just quiet. And the love of God penetrates your heart. You will never be the same again. There are certain things everybody is preaching to you. Stop doing. Nobody will preach it to you. You just stop it. You just stop fornication. You suck your boyfriend. You suck him. I said, don't destroy my destiny. Get out. Baby, come on, I love you. You don't love me. Go and love yourself. Have you even discovered yourself? Do you know purpose? Have you found purpose? He said, purpose. What's purpose? He doesn't even know. He said, ah, I've wasted my time. Three years with this one that doesn't have a purpose. Because God is working in your heart. In your heart. Saul became Paul. And he had this zeal. And he transferred the same zeal. The same dedication into the gospel. Let me share with you some of his, part of his journey. You need to see this. In fact, when he began to preach, it didn't take long for him to be a preacher. When he began to preach, he said in 1 Corinthians 9.16, He said, "Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He had a raw dedication to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, "Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9.16. That's like when you curse yourself. See, if I don't preach, whoa. So everywhere he went, he was preaching. He went to Lystra. Acts 14, let's go there quickly. Acts 14, you'll be opening your Bible now, everybody. Acts 14, 19 to 23. Open your Bible, let us read. Acts 14, 19 to 23, it was at Lystra. And there came there certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people. Who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city. Supposing he had been dead. They stoned him. He passed out. They thought he was dead. They dragged him out of the city. How be it? Somebody say how be it? Come on, come on, come on, sage. When I say say something, say it. As the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Raw dedication. He was preaching. They came and stoned him. And he passed out. And they thought he had died. And they dragged him out of the city. However, the disciples surrounded him. That's why you should have your own company. Have a good company. Keep good company. Have people around you that can pray with you. I have people around you that can fellowship with you. I have people around you that, can, that you can call in the day of adversity. Some of you don't have such friends. You are surrounded by, 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 by night crawlers like you. Night crawlers. you're Going from one club to another. You know all the names of all the night clubs in Ibadan. In fact, as far as Abuja, you know the best club. When you are on Instagram, you are going from club to club, even on Instagram. People go to club online. You go there, you go to the lounges, you go to, you know where the strippers are, you know where the pole people are, you know where the Dorime people are, you you know everything. Let me be frank with you, young people. Those things will not help you in the final analysis. Change your friends in 2024. Friends who only call you for the latest designer. Oh. I don't wear Gucci anymore, you know the latest now. I mean, that's all it's not a thing to talk about designer. I mean, I like designers myself, but if that's the only thing you bring to the table, are, are you getting what I'm saying? If that's the only thing, you have no, you're not, you're not adding any value to my spiritual life, you're not challenging me, you're not telling me to be godly. You're not asking me, Where last did you preach to anybody? But I said, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. You're asking me about body count. That's a bad friend to have in your circle. And listen to me. Listen real good. Listen real good. Those of you who think you're spiritual, and think, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm on top of my game. No friend can corrupt me. I do what I want to do. I have my own mind. My friend, you are deceiving no other person but yourself. The best of us can be influenced by another person. First Corinthians 16, 33. 16, 33. Put that on the screen for me, please. He said, be not deceived. 16, 33. 33. If it doesn't get to 33, then put it to 15. 33. 15, 33. If it's not 16, it's 15. Please, quickly, quickly, quickly. Be not deceived. Matarai. That's the Yoruba translation. On the street oh, that's what the bible is saying what evil communications corrupt good manners you're a good manner from a good home good background christian or bring or you found christ yourself and you've been standing for two years and you're on fire if you keep fellowshipping with people with the wrong spirits, they will corrupt you. Somebody said to me some time ago, eh, sir, please, can I go and stay with somebody? So, so and so. I said, even for the period of your exam, don't go and stay with her. You know why I said so? Because I knew that that other one will corrupt you. I've always said to people, and I'm not ashamed to say it, there is no body that is useless. In the church especially, or in the world, there is no one that is useless. The worst that can happen is that we will use you as a bad example. While you are supposed to be a good example of the believer according to the scriptures, so if you like, keep sleeping around. Keep living a useless life, careless life. We will use you as an example, but to be a bad example. So you are not useless. You are still useful as an example. It is you who will now choose what kind of example do I want to be? If you ask me now today about pastors that are scammers, I have about two examples. You. My wife was telling me one early this morning. Gay man in this city of Ibadan sleeping with church members. Pastor. In fact, he slept with one. He knocked the boy on the mountain. Prayer mountain. My wife was telling me, see, the boy said, Lord, Sa, eh, 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 no, you okay? Lord, no, you okay? you okay is a place where they go to pray. So if you're asking me now for a bad example, like that, I can give you one. Listen to me. Our ministry is that of reconciliation. People have weaknesses in their life. They have challenges and all of that. When they come to the church, the church should help them. If a gay man enters the church, we are not to burn him and burn him to ashes and tear him in pieces and throw him away. We are to hug him, embrace him with the love of God, sit him down, and teach him the word of God, and let Christ get into his heart and it changes. And God turns him to an evangelist. Are you what I'm saying? He will reach people that you cannot reach because you are too holy to to shake hands with gay people. For God will use him because he understands he's been there. And that's why I say to people: don't undermine anybody. You don't know their story, you don't know where they're coming from. Some of them not necessarily their fault, they were abused from childhood. And so they just made up their mind. No, 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 I'm not doing with I don't have anything to do with guys, or I don't have anything to do with ladies. When they come to Christ, the Bible says, "Wherefore if any man be in Christ a new creature, all things have passed away and all things have become new. In fact, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. If anybody was not qualified to preach the gospel, it was Paul. He was a murderer. He killed people. But today, is he a bad example? He wrote most of the epistles we are reading in the New Testament. He wrote many of them in the prison, in bonds, his hands bleeding, his legs bleeding. And he was writing, and he was writing, and he will pass them over the wall to his disciples across the wall who will now take those letters to the churches. Those letters have become epistles today that we read. They were letters written to the churches that he formed and founded. What kind of epistle are you? Raw dedication. This man is one of the people I want to see when I get to heaven. I want to sit down with him and and fellowship with him. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. When Acts 14. And when they have preached the gospel to that city. Look. The man that just woke up from the dead. He still went about preaching. And had taught many not few, and taught many. Verse 21 now, Acts 14, 21. They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. It was in Lystra they stoned him and he passed out. He went back again there. If it was some 20, 21st century Nigerian preachers, they would curse that city. Ah, he won Lystra. He won Lystra. He won curse in the name of the Lord thinking that God is going to back up that kind of curse a curse curseless will not come my wife told me when, where we used to live, we used to live very close to a church, I don't want to mention because the church is not bad, it's just some like it's, it always happens in the ministry some ministers will go and buy corn corn, roasted corn, they didn't have money they were hungry, you could be honest madam, you know I'm a minister of God, full time I'm not working In this church, can you let God use you to bless me? I'm hungry. It's a different ballgame. But no, they will go with their ego. In psychology, there's something called Eid. I call that Eid. They go with their Eid. I think the word idiot is from the word Eid. (laughs) So, ah, daddy, daddy, daddy. She will wrap it, pack everything. Pray for me. And he's walking away. Ah, daddy, it is all over. You you want me to use my calling to curse you? It was my wife that liberated one of the women. One day, she said, no, 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 guy, why, 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 why? My husband, too, is a pastor. He doesn't behave like this. Don't don't stain the name of the Lord. The calling is a higher calling. Pay. For what you have bought. This woman did not buy these things in the market for free. She paid. She paid even the transporter to bring it here. We are not to lord it over the people of God. You become a witch. A witch is a person that makes his own acceptance to be the, the one that will be taking all the time. I have studied it and it is done. If you don't do it, you are nowhere. You are nobody. No, no, you are not the almighty God. One man threatened me years ago. I had a relationship with of my aunties. And it, it, went, it went south. So I got involved. Ordinary 200 naira to go and do PCV. My auntie was dying. To PCV in the hospital. This man took blood sample for several hours. He didn't, he didn't come back with PCV. 200 naira. I told my auntie on her, on her deathbed. She was dying. Thank God she's alive now. I said, look at this, this kind of rascal. Because... The kind of church which I've always complained about. See, see what you have brought on yourself now. My father complained about this. You did not listen. Still see where you I have go. landed yourself. Then the man started threatening me. The white garment prophet. He had dreadlocks. very You know those are very thick. When you see him like this, you almost want to run away. I said, me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. He called me on the phone. I was breathing out threats. I will show you. I will... One of my friends that was born in the white garment church who is now a pastor in Redeem, said, ah, yeah. Brother Fred, I was a brother at that time. I wasn't a pastor. Brother Fred, you need to pray oh, because when these people threaten like that, they will send something. I said, we will send something. Love the something he sends. Meet the something I send. Now say the one that is superior. Today, I don't know his address. Breathing threats on the phone. I said, oh God, you won't survive this. Do anything, but let me let you know that no weapon from the gates shall prosper. Because it is written, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I am in the position to condemn it. How did I get to know? Because I read it and I found it in the word of God. If you are too lazy to read God's word, you'll be too lazy for power. Are you with me, church? Dominion is by power. If you don't have power, you dominion, ah, dominion, stone church 2024, dominion. Well you will discover that there might not be a there might not be much difference between dominion and endomy. Mouthy, the oh, the No, 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 there's a price to pay. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? When we prayed one hour yesterday, I looked at some people, it was as though they were going to die. One hour, oh, yeah. Some people started singing, oh, hallelujah. we said, pray, don't sing, pray, pray. You know, say half of the time, hallelujah, praise the Lord. No, we said, pray. We said pray. We need to sing. I told my children ten minutes every night. You pray in the before you go to bed. My daughter worshipped. Then she started praying. When it was the turn for my son, the boy just started. Bla, 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 bla. My daughter said, No, 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 come sing first. She put my phone on the couch and she'll go and press it. Pop to check the time. Okay, two minutes. I said, okay, that at your level, I will permit you. But I need to teach you that when it's time to pray, it's time to pray. Are you getting what I'm saying? The time for worship, I'm not, I'm not going to add it to it. If you like worship for 10 minutes, I say you have worship. Now begin to pray. You won't die praying. You'll be refreshed praying. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? Paul the Apostle. He went to Ephesus, Acts 19, verses 20 to 21 says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed in the city of Ephesus. Acts nineteen twenty. Act 19, 20. Acts 19, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word of God can prevail over any situation, over any circumstance, over any people, over any nation, over any university, over any vice chancellor, over any electorate. Get the right word. Get the right word. Verse 21, verse 21, after these things were ended, Paul determined in the spirit, proposed in the spirit. When he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. He made up his mind, I must get to Rome, I must get to Rome. Why must he get to Rome? Because he wanted to preach the word of God there. Determination and dedication. Determination and dedication. Acts chapter 20. From verse 7. We'll read it all the way to verse 24. But I will stop at verse 13 to show you something. Acts 20. From verse 7. Get into your Bible everybody. Are you getting blessed this morning? And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. Can you imagine? They came to break bread. He preached. This man was just preaching every time. At every opportunity, he would preach. Any opportunity Paul catches you, he will preach to you. Paul, are you not tired of preaching? Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. <laughs> One of our sisters, I was at our induction a few days ago, and she was telling me this. I was just laughing. Her mom was there, and she said, after I' had left that my mom said ah, even the few minutes that Pastor Fred had here he was preaching to those boys those young people <laughs> she said uh, you don't know him thats Pastor Fred on our way to that induction we because we didn't know our way my wife and I we saw a group of girls so we, we parked right in front of them to ask for direction they didn't just show us direction they said they were also going the same direction and they asked if they could go with us get a free ride I said like, oh come on now so they hopped in the car. They enjoyed the AC, the air freshener, the everything. Hallelujah. I saw one of them in a hijab, full hijab. And you know what I said to them? I didn't preach at them. I just told them, Jesus loves you. I just wanted to know. They said, Oh, thank you, sir. Because as they got in the car, a very nice car, I used that opportunity to preach the gospel to tell them about Christ. That Jesus loves you. That might be the seed you sow. And somebody cannot sleep in the night. They are rolling on their bed from one edge to the other. Jesus loves me. Jesus, Jesus, is it true that you love me? And from that point of inquiry, it will minister to their hearts. Let's maximize the opportunity in our hands. You don't know the person you will meet tomorrow that is on the verge of eternity. Tomorrow might be their last day. You don't know the person you meet at Domino's tonight and it just might be their last. You never know. You never know. It's painful. David has left the service. I thank God for his life. We have six families that survived that blast on Tuesday last week. I was telling my family, I said, these guys were one moment, one moment in time, the next moment in eternity, by one terrible blast. So the, I was told by eyewitnesses that somebody just walked on the street. She, she was, she was um, having an exercise, evening exercise. You know when you live on an estate and you just want to enjoy fresh breeze, and you want to burn some calories, and that was it. Boom! And the thing killed her. Someone came to the country to, go and, to come and get married, and her mom came around preparing for wedding. Boom! Killed them. So many others. Uh, some families probably were just sitting down to enjoy dinner. Maybe they just came from fellowship, or they were just at home, they wanted to just eat dinner together, and then their, their house sank. One moment in time, the next moment, eternity. I heard a particular man of God that friends came to visit. This was years ago in Nigeria. And as he was walking them, I think some white people, he was walking them. Papa Idahoza actually. Seeing them off, he walked into eternity. What are we going to say about you? People suffer for this gospel that we have. This gospel we are missing with. Some people are having sex and they're speaking in tongues because they don't want the neighbors to know they are having sex. Such level of disrespect and dishonor. Unthinkable things happening. Some play gospel music because they don't want people to know what's going on. Such disrespect. Such disrespect. For God, I beg you, people give their lives for this gospel. Preach it at every opportunity. You never know who is on the verge of eternity. Never know that person that you will not see anymore until the sweet by and by. You never know. How many of us have lost friends and we wished we preached the gospel to them? Oh, how wish! I wish, because it's never written on anybody's forehead that they're going to die that day, especially if they were not sick. Even those who are sick, you wish that they would recover. I have lost loved ones, and I can tell you, those things have marked me. The day my mom died, there was no sign she was going to die. She wasn't sick. I still went to give her money. We were on evangelism. Sunday, in the night, I got a call, and that was it. Next time I was going to see her, she was in the mortuary already. Too late to say, oh, mom, there was a conversation we were supposed to have. She wanted to travel the following week. We had our plans. We were supposed to talk about certain things. Couldn't talk to mom. I could talk to her. She could not respond to me. You don't know who is on the verge of eternity. We all pray for long life, but you know, eventualities happen. Some people that died in that blast were Christians, believers, tongue-talking. Last Tuesday. They never knew. The meal they were cooking was going to be their last. Never knew on this side of time. Somebody was driving his car. JJ in his car. Then blasted the car, blew off his skull. The reality of how ephemeral this life is, how transient this life is. We have the gospel today in our hands. What are we doing with it? How dedicated are you? Ordinary come for the treats. You can't come. I don't have transport fare. Shame on you. Let it be recorded in your life that you won't straight to church from Monia to Mokola. Let it be recorded. Let it be part of your journey. Let it be part of your testimony. That there was a time in my life I trod from Monia to Mokola. I saw you here. Oh, trot from Troas to Anstos. This was a distance of 21 miles. That's almost like going from here to Oyo. you're starting three miles from here. Going through the old road, not the new one, that makes it 30 minutes journey. And guess what he was doing? Gathering his thoughts and praying in the Holy Ghost. It should be a delight to trek from your house to church. If it takes one hour, get up, baby. Service start at 8, get up by 6.30. Get ready, get on the road by 6.30. Stop worshiping the Lord and praying the Holy Ghost. Get to church by 7.30. Service start at 8, you have 30 minutes to cool off. It will not be written on your forehead that you travel to church. But let God see that you ever make that attempt. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear. Where's your house? Songo. Can't travel from Songo to church. But if it's answered now, answer, 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 you can trade from here to Lagos. We are the one. We are. Oh, we are the walk generation. You messed up with the wrong generation. Ama. Don't join them again. If a stray bullet hits you, you die, you go to, I don't know where you're going. I don't, I, I have no clue. Some can do that for the ephemeral things of this life, but you can't do that for God. Isn't it a shame? The youth are supposed to be the strength of the church. We are supposed to be the ones making things happen here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we refuse this thing from happening. This is one of our mothers that has been diagnosed with cancer. We kill the cancer. There's no way we call on God out of your heart. And we say, God, we are not living here until she gets up. Ah, heaven will respect our voices. But we don't have time. We don't. Everybody minding their own business. No dedication. Zero. Zero. If you like, don't like me. I like you. And I like me. We're in Acts chapter 20, aren't we? Look at Paul. Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. He was ready to depart the next day. And continued his speech until midnight. I preach like Paul. So my preaching is usually long. And I'm grateful to God for that. And there were many lights in the upper chamber. Where they were gathered together. Many lights. So nobody normally should sleep. The, The Holy Ghost captured that there were many lights there. But some people have the gift of sleep. They can sleep on water. Such was a brother called Eutychus. And there sat in the window a certain young man named Eutychus. Him falling into a deep sleep. when you're not Adam. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep. And fell down from the third loft, third story. And was taken up dead. And Paul went down, and fell on him, and embracing him, said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. That kind of anointing. When he therefore was come up again, and had broken bread, and eaten, and talked the long while, even till daybreak, or break of the day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. They were greatly comforted. And we went before, look at this now, verse 13. And we went before to ship and sailed unto Assos. There, intending to take him Paul, for he had appointed, minding himself to go afoot. Paul told them, I'm not sailing with you. They went through us. They were going to Assos. He said, I will not join the airplane. I will not join the ship. I want to trek. Why was he going to trek 21 miles? In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. That is, all of you put together. All your tongue-in, tongue, in, tongue in, I speak in tongues more. 21 miles. He made time for prayer. If I get on the ship with you, there will be little time to pray. Or maybe no time. You want to engage me in a discussion. I don't have time for that now. I must make time for my God. Myself alone with God. And I will achieve it trekking on the Roman road. You must make time alone with God. No matter how busy, don't be too busy. Your life is so crowded. Your schedule is so busy. You will not be hearing from God. A Christian that wants to be a Christian for a long time. Look, we all have struggles. We all have temptations. We all have trials. We all have everything, my friend. You are not special if you are going through anything. Take time out alone. So there are days to deliberately tread to church. Tell your parents, daddy, don't worry. Go about your business. I'm going to church. Let me drop you off in church. No, don't worry, daddy. I have a business to sort out with God. From Akobo. <laughs> Ay, Pastor Akobo is too foul. Somebody can't go out the road. Nobody. I've never seen anybody down the road out of prayer before. Because praying in the spirit especially will energize you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, He that prayeth, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, edifieth himself. You are building yourself. Some years ago, I think 2000 and we got married 2001. Did I get that right? No, 2010 we got married. This was 2011. January 1st. Just like what we finished. My name was on the roster to lead prayer. And it was the time of Subsidy removal during Jonathan's era. So there was uproar all over the place. People were singing songs. Nigeria were making skits. Your subsidy I want baba. Your subsidy to. You know those kind of things. My mother in the Lord Mommy Bill called on the phone to say Pastor Fred you're on the roster today to lead prayer. I said yes ma'am. Fully prepared. How are you going to get to church? I didn't have a car. The Osunto kids were living behind us on backer Estate. Fala was just a little boy like this. Fine boy. Cute. I remember a school uniform. How are you going to get to church? I said, Ma. I have my two legs. What? You're going to trek? I said, yes, ma'am. I won't die trekking. I trekked before as a teenager from... Mokola to Ajibode, inside the forest. Ajibode was a forest then. There was no kerosene, so it was cast of kerosene at the time. I went with one of my neighbors to cut trees and we carried on our head and trek back to Mokola and I didn't die on the way. Small boy, maybe 13, 14. So I was in trekking from Akubo to Mokola to come and lead prayer. She said, okay, be careful, be careful, pluck, pluck uh, leaves. I hold it, so Bible in one hand, leaf in the other. Hand. I said, "Yes, ma, I will do that." And I did what she said. I clutched my Bible under my armpit. I told my wife, "You stay at home. Let me go, because I don't know your strength on the way, but let me go." So I got on the road, walked out of our estate. It took about 12 minutes to get to General, about 15 minutes to get to General Gas from our estate on foot. I got to General Gas. I moved on to Ashi Junction. I was praising the Lord. I was very happy. Very happy to suffer for, for, the, for the sake of Christ. Very happy. Very delighted. But if somebody sees you trekking, who, who does that help? I got to Ashi Junction, go to that filling station at Ashi Junction. I was facing Bodhija. Ashi coming to Bodhija. When a car stopped beside me, the man rolled down. Hello. I passed through some military men. I passed through police. I greeted them. They greeted me. No no hassles. No qualms. Where are you going, sir? I said, I'm going to Ojuni. I was coming to Mokola. I said, I'm going to Ojuni. day, I learned a lesson. Where are you going, Mokola? Because even when God is bringing help, we try to help God to manage his resources. Somebody with me this money? The man said, okay, please help him. So I got him. And we go talking. The man said, well, I don't know why I'm picking you. I don't do it normally. I've been victimized a couple of times. So I don't do it anymore. But I'm a pastor. And I believe the Holy Spirit told me to pick you up. I said, thank you, sir. So where are you going? Actually, I'm going to Mokula. <laughs> I said, you have talked Oh, said, Oh, so we now, you know, made a detour. The man dropped me off at GT Bank there. Ajibade. I trekked the rest of the way here. Rejoicing. He shortened my journey. All God needs to see is your willingness, your dedication. He will take care of the rest of the journey. Are you with me? Paul trekked to Assos, And then they picked him up from there. Verse 14. And when he met with those at Assos, we took him in and came to Mytilene. The story of Mytilene is another one, but I don't have much time. Mytilene was and still is a city, like the central city in a place called Lesbos. It's an island. And there's a connection between Lesbos and the word lesbian. But that's not for today. And we sailed thence and came the next day over against Chios, And the next day we arrived at Samos. I'm tired of I want to Trogillium. If I ask you now, go to Trogilium. Ah, no. I want to go to London. And the next day we came to Miletus. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus, because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Verse 17. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've sold you, and I've taught you publicly, and from house to house. Testifying both to the Jews, and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God. See, people that tell you, they read Pauline scriptures, I grace, you don't need to repent. But repentance toward God. You know, when you commit certain sins, you don't need to repent because the blood of Jesus just cleanses you, grace covers you. Paul talks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Except that the Holy Ghost is witnessing in every city. Saying that bones and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. The Holy Ghost said, Paul, you're going to be in trouble in Jerusalem. You're going to be in real trouble. They're going to beat you up. They're going to bind you. They're going to deal with you. They're going to drag you on social media. They're going to drag you on Twitter. They're going to drag you everywhere. They're going to report you to the authorities. They're going to jail you. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Paul said, none of these things move me. It was the Holy Ghost that was speaking. And Paul was saying, I'm not moved. You go to church tomorrow, you will end up in Agudi prison. Hello, pastor. I will be off to Lagos uh, from tonight. Sorry, something just came up. What came up? Ah, Pastor, it's something personal. I'll talk to you about it later. Go to prison for what? For going to church? Well, let me look for another church, Dari. Or let me go to church online. Amen? The Holy Ghost said to Paul, you will be in trouble in Jerusalem. He said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. My life. It's not even dear to me anymore. I don't count it as dear to me. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. To testify the gospel of the grace of God. Some people see little, just little discomfort. They are not coming to church anymore. Church, that church doesn't have AC. Ah, no, ah, when there are plenty of churches with nice acoustics and air conditioners and everything. In fact, they, for, they have meat break, meat, meat service break, mid service break. Everybody goes for coffee or chocolate, hot chocolate or juice. And we even chew, we we'll chew something like maybe meat pie or chicken pie, you know, and then that's about 30 minutes and then we come back and then service will continue. Man, I like that church. That's how some People eat their tomorrow today. Every time. By the way, we had food yesterday, and it was good food. Amen? amen. But 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 it was after the service. Those of you that that came around, did you enjoy that jollof rice and chicken? And I was told a few people had some amala and the okbono soup. If you enjoyed, it say amen. amen. If you were not around yesterday, say oh me some people will not be there may I be there Uh huh. if we had announced it there will be food for everybody good food, jollof rice and chicken and a bottle of water to go with it I'll tell you this place will be packed we'll have non-church members oh, food in your church alright, where's my bible <coughs> My goodness, life is more important than all of this. I'm begging you. As I'm preaching to you this morning, I'm crying inside. Because I'm looking, what generation are we breeding? Little thing, you're offended. You don't come to church again. Little thing, little, the big poor, one no be any maku I don't know how to say it in English. They beat him be maku. He actually could, he came back to life. He died, got back again, and he didn't stop preaching. If I were poor, eh? One Baba Bababaya. Me, I, I you know, the year, the Let me go and face, face my business. Paul went back preaching. This same gospel. Today some of us don't even have a Bible. Your shoes are more expensive than your Bible. Are you with me church? Pastor is bashing us this morning. You need the bashing once in a while baby. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that our destinies can realign. So that we can fulfill purpose. There's a glorious future ahead of us. Let's not waste it. Let's not waste it. May you not see me in 10 years time. and run away. Uh, I know why I said that. Because in 10 years time, I'll be a thousand times better than what I am today. But how about you? How about you? May you not see your mates in 10 years time and hide. Some don't go to their secondary school re- reunion. You know why? Because they have nothing, nothing to show. Everybody's coming fresh, smelling nice, looking good. Legit money, not Yahoo money, not illegit money. Everybody's fine. But, uh, yeah. Ambelon, You will not be part of the ambelons. The glory of God will shine in your life. Can I have an amen to that? Let me move on to another scripture. I'm still on Paul. Today, I'm on Paul. I want these things to sink. It was so dedicated. Go to Act 21. Act 21. And it came to pass from verse 1. Thereafter, we had gotten them and had lunch. We came with a straight course onto Koos. And the day following, onto Rhodes. I guess Rhodes Island. This is in America. But not America this time. This was in Asia. And from thence on to Patara. And finding the ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload a burden. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days because they found disciples. He was, so, he was so happy, so excited to fellowship with them. Who said to Paul through the Spirit, these disciples that he was fellowshipping with told him through the Holy Ghost. That he should not go up to Jerusalem. Ogapo, you are Ogapo, but we are speaking by the Holy Ghost. Don't go to Jerusalem. They had warned him before. This was another warning. A confirmation. Once has he spoken? Twice have I heard. They said, don't go. They warned him by the Spirit, not by the flesh. <laughs> and when he had accomplished those days, We departed and went our way. And they all brought us on our way with wives and children. till we were out of the city. And we knelt down on the shore and prayed. Paul had the lifestyle of prayer. Then he had his style of praying going on his knees. Apart from walking to pray, which which we call prayer walk, Paul also knelt down to pray. I want you to also imbibe that. When you kneel to pray, it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of acknowledging God and all of his omnipotence. Acknowledging yourself as being small. Acknowledging as being the almighty, the great one. He knelt down and prayed. And when we had taken our leave, one of another, <coughs> excuse me, we took ship and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to, to Lemais to and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. And the next day, we that were of company departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Virginity is a good virtue. If you still have it, keep it. If you don't have it anymore, uh, well, if you are now born again, it is well with you. Keep it where it is. Amen? Uh, because the Bible emphasized virgins. Bible saw, Ghost, saw, Vekari. It is well. There's a second chance for those who have lost it. Uh, it is well with you, Jesus' name. So the same man had four daughters, Virgins. Which did prophesy. And as we told it there many days. There came down from Judea. A certain prophet named Agabus. This Agabus man. Was not a commercial prophet. He was a real Ogonga prophet. What did he say? And when he was coming to unto us. He took Paul's gadu. Paul had the ghetto To tidy up his flowing robe. And bound his own hands and feet. And said. The Holy Ghost. (laughs) So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man. They will bind the man that owns this ghetto and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He tied himself with Paul's ghetto. He took the ghetto and bound himself. He tied himself with it. He said, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man that owns this ghetto and they will give him over to the Gentiles. Was that not enough warning for Paul to not go? Remember the disciples that told him? Remember they told him before? Trust. Now, they are telling him again. Agabus is telling him now. Agabus came to where they were by the Spirit. He was not in that house. He came to that house, to Philip's house. By the Spirit. And spoke by the Spirit. And when we have these things, both we and they of that place... Befart him not to go up to Jerusalem. Brother Paul, brother Paul, please don't go to Jerusalem without too many warnings. Then Paul answered. He didn't speak all this while. Now he spoke. What do you mean? To weep and to break my heart? Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready. Not to be bound only. All right? but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm already dead. No wonder he wrote Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, (laughs) but Christ that liveth me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. So, I am bound to him. I love him. If they want to kill me for the sake of his name, let them kill me. Your neighbors have threatened. You are praying too much. You are praying too much. We will eject you in this house. We will report you to the landlord. I'm not saying wake up in the midnight and wake everybody up. But have a prayer life. Daniel, had a prayer life. That secured the envy of the other people of that country. They went to the king and said, oh king, make a decree. Nobody should ask anything the next 30 days from any other god or anybody but from you. If they want salt, they should ask you. If they need money, they should ask you, the king. They should not ask any god anywhere. They targeted that at Daniel. Because Daniel had a dedicated prayer life." There are certain people you don't get at certain times of the day. Because the people around them know they'll be praying at that time. Some of us are so we so lack discipline that even in the church, sir, in the church your phone rings in the time of prayer and you rush out. Hello, hello. I want church We are praying church. Call me back later. Rascality. Can you stand before the governor? Seyi Makede is talking to you. Oh, Govi excuse me hello 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 i was actually with the governor i was with the governor when you are, call me back later no 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 in fact your your phone will not follow you to see the governor there's a place you drop your phone except you are the governor's favorite except the special meeting and the governor permits for you to bring your phone to where he is to have a meeting with you but we we don't see god so we don't reverence him we don't even know that god is in this house I can be preaching there as I'm tweeting. They're not when I'm preaching, no. They're not in media ministry. Oh, damn! <laughs> in the service. In the service. Daniel went back to his house after the decree. He opened this window to the east. He opened it to Jerusalem. He knelt down and prayed. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah, the God of hosts, and he began to pray like he would pray normally. Normally, he had a normal prayer. Life, dedicated prayer life. They came, they gathered. Say, then, 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 then. then, then. They brought out their camera phones. They recorded him as he was praying. Maybe one hour, maybe two. They were there. They were hungry, but they were (laughs) recording. They were punishing themselves. Then they went to report to the king. "Ah, Daniel, why did you do this? But the king's decree had been sealed. It was the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be changed. The king loved Daniel, but those who were envying Daniel, set him up. But they set him up for a promotion. No matter what they bring your way this year, God will use that to promote you. Only two people came to church. Threw him in the lions den yeah. Nobody goes there and comes back alive. The next thing they, they expected to hear was, mortal cry. did you hear any cry. The lions were clapping for him. Welcome, welcome, brother Daniel. Oh, you are welcome to our midst. One of them came and said, sit on me, sit on me. Let me take you around. And all the others were watching. All nine. Daniel was a man given to fasting and prayer. That night, the lions fasted. No food. It was contagious. It set them in resonance, spiritual resonance. They were the ones, they fasted all night. How did I know? By the next day, when the king came and they released Daniel, and they brought the conspirators, and threw them in. The Bible said before. Read your Bible very well. Before they landed. The lions met them in the air. I want to bit of a path. May you not meet an hungry lion. The Bible said they tore them into pieces. They broke their bones. And I figure they sucked the marrow. They, their wives, and their children. Ah! Women, may you not marry a foolish man. When a man is foolish, the entire household is foolish. These women were at home, cooking rice, frying plantain, preparing the children for school. When the order came from the palace, oh, got them. we gather, that joint. Put them in black maria. Drop them to the zoo. Said, What's going on? What's going on? Don't you know I'm the wife of the secretary general to the secretary general of the palace? So, put them together before they understood what was happening. The children were wondering, what's going on here? They didn't know. They were not there when their foolish fathers were conspiring against them here. Women, may you not marry foolish men. Men in this church, may you not be foolish. There are some gatherings that are gatherings of fools. The moment they start their topic, get up, take your Bible and walk away. Makubai, hear me? You know, there are people that talk about the senior pastor and the members of the church. Why are you under the, the anointing? The anointing will destroy you. If you don't believe in the man of God, get you from his church. The anointing you despise will destroy you. It will. The man doesn't have to curse you. God said to Abraham, he that blesses you, I will bless. He that curses you, go, You don't need to curse anybody. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Moses was not there when Aaron and Miriam were talking about him. God came down, called the meeting. Moses, come here. Miriam, come here. Aaron, come here. The two of you. If I have any prophet among you, I speak to them in dreams and visions. But Moses I speak to as my friend. Mouth to mouth and face to face. Who made you lord over him? Moses, sir, sir what's going on here? Moses didn't even know what was Sir, what's happening? You called the meeting. Why Why this meeting? Well, they were talking about you and I, they didn't know I was there. Now, you, Miriam, be leprous Moses is a man of prayer. This is my sister. Lord. Shut up. If our father spits on our face, we should not be ashamed for seven days. So later be seven days outside the camp. Don't be talking about everybody. Oh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be talking about me, sir. Me, Gongo. Very dangerous. When they start talking, take your Bible, walk away. Walk away. Don't be talking about the H-O-M. Don't join them. Some people, don't, they don't do anything in church, but in the evening. Hello, sis. They come to your DM. Did, did you hear what's HM? Do you know how HM scolded that, that lady today? She was just too harsh. Say, so, God bless you. Stop that conversation right there. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? It's a quiet, bye. Are you with me, church? God might not do it like he did for Miriam. People might not be physically leprous. <laughs> but I tell you, I've seen people stranded in life. I have examples. My wife and I talk a lot along these lines. Say, look at this person. For ages, on the same spot. Did not pass, did not fail, did not get promoted. In the same church where others are flying high. Let's finish up with the, with Paul the Apostle. Are you with me, church? Are you still here? summary of what he went through second corinthians 1 verses 8 to 10 paul said will not have you ignorant brethren of our trouble that came to us in asia how that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of life he went through so much trouble in asia in verse 9 he said but we had the sentence of death in ourselves Not to trust, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Verse 10. He who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. In whom we trust that he will deliver us. Paul went through all this ordeal joyfully. Joyfully. They suspended your ministry. Go and beg your HOM. I'm sorry. Forgive me. How can they suspend you from God's work? Can you say, oh, well, eh, freedom. No bondage come back. She was my junior second school. What's the meaning of that? Is it not because of and that brought us together? It's not because of the rain that rain and put uh, chicken and uh, uh, pigeon together. Oh. You might be the general manager in your place of work. When you come to church, you're a child of God. Amen. Can I have an amen? Some of you don't like what I'm saying this morning, but you need it. You don't like it, but you need it. It's like Loro Queen. You have malaria, you don't like it, but you need it. Mm. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let's read from verse 22 to 33. The summary of what Paul went through. Second Corinthians 11 22 to 33. Let it not just be my voice, read on top of your voices. Are you there? Are you there? Let's go from twenty-two. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, above measure, in prisons, more frequent in that oft. That's often. Verse twenty-four of the Jews. Five times, received thy forty stripes, save one, that's thirty-nine stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. thrice I suffered shipwreck. I can't hear you. In night and the day, I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen. In Paris in the city. In Paris in the wilderness. In Paris in the sea. In Paris among false brethren. Sick brethren. They love you in your presence. Behind you they they kill you. I don't care. Verse 27. In weariness and painfulness. In watches often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. Shake ball and fast. In cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is offended, and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, nowhere that I lie not. Verse 32, in Damascus. The governor under Aretas, the king, kept the city of the Damascens with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me. How did he escape? Verse 33 Make it out loud. Through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Glory be to God. For the gospel, for the sake of the gospel. He went through all of this. He went through all of this. No wonder. Death could not kill him. Romans 8, 35 to 39. we we'll read that together. Romans 8, 35 to 39. Are you feeling the spirit of Paul this morning? Because when we congregate together, we have also come to the spirit of just men made perfect. Romans 8, 35 to 39. You can't pray for one hour. That should change from this service. You should be on fire for God. Let somebody be on the keyboard for me. Romans 8 35 to 39. Let's read together, just like you did a couple of minutes ago. One to go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall so your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Or they down today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Alright, let's go. One to go. Child tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or
1: nakedness.
0: Or burial, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, read it out loud. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Verse 38 want to go for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heads, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God the love of God. I could make you go hungry for days. Just because you love God. Your friends are calling you to come and sing. Come and yahoo with us. He said no. But do you have food? Do you don't have food? I would rather go hungry. For the love of God. Like Esther if I perish. I perish. One night stand. No I'm not doing. It. Because one night stand. might be one stand too many. wonder death could not kill paul philippians 1 23 to 25 paul was dilly dallying between life and death should i die or should i stay let's read it together for i am in a strait. make it louder want to go for i am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with christ which is far better Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh, which is more needful for you. Next verse. And having this confidence. I know that I shall abide and continue with you. All for your furtherance and joy of faith. Ah, I want to go and be with Christ. But a part of me want to stay and be with you guys. Should I die or should I stay? He was not afraid of death. He put death in his pocket. He put death on the shelf. He said, when I'm ready, I will come and die. Death, you can't kill me. You know why? Because love is stronger than death. Paul was a lover of God. He was a lover of Jesus Christ. Are you a lover of God? Are you a lover of Jesus Christ? Then nobody, no assassin can threaten your life. I already died before I came here. I'm a dead man. Dead men are never afraid of death. One more scripture. When it was time to go, Paul knew. 2 Timothy. Chapter 4. Verses 6 to 8. On the screen. Hallelujah. That's ready. Everybody want to go? For I'm now. <laughs> he put the word now. Emphasize it. Want to go? For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. For I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me. A crown of righteousness. which the Lord, the righteous God, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also, that love is appearing. This was when he was ready to die. He didn't die like a chicken. He didn't die mistakenly. He didn't die by accident. He died when he wanted to. That's how to die for a believer. It's okay, I'm done. I want to go home. Lord, Let your servant come, like Simeon, who dedicated the Lord Jesus Christ in the temple. One final scripture. Timothy, his son in the faith, came under persecution. Timothy was pastoring the largest church in the city at the time. And the government came against the church. And they were killing Christians. Timothy, being the pastor of the largest mega church, was the number one target. He was afraid. Fear came into him. Ah, I'm, the, I'm going to be the number one target. They were already killing his church members. They were having burials upon burials, like Boko Haram was doing to the church in the north. What do I do now? What do I do now? And with tears, he wrote a letter to his father in the faith, God the Apostle, asking, What do I do now? I'm afraid, you are going to kill me. And Timothy was a young man, don't blame him. He had visions and dreams, aspirations and plans. What am I going to do? Will I still be going to church? Will I still be pastoring or should we shut down the church? COVID is here. Should we shut down? And he sent the letter, he managed to send it to Paul who was in prison. His father in the faith was in prison. He was not in prison, but he was in his house. Bible scholars said it was so bad that Timothy could not step out of his house. Because his house was in the city center. Was in the city center. So if he stepped out of the house, he stepped out on the street. Nice house. But he was not having a nice time in the house. Paul got the letter in prison. And this was Paul's response to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 1. Let's read verses 1 to 7. It's longer than that, but we stop it there. This was Paul's response. To Timothy, his beloved son in the faith. Paul. We read together, one, two, go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You will remember that in most of the epistles of Paul to the churches, He opened it with grace and peace, mercy and shalom. But to Timothy, he added the word mercy. Mercy. Because Timothy was living in fear and trepidation at that time. He had been taken over by the spirit of fear. Oh, his heart was panting. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they're going to arrest me. Maybe they're going to kill me next. And I don't want to die right now. Paul said mercy. He added mercy. Then he went further. Let's go. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without season, I have remembrance of you in my prayers, night and day. Verse 4. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears. Timothy wrote that letter. History has it. He soaked the letter with his tears. He was crying as he was writing that letter. Dear Father, in the faith, what do I do now? They are killing my members. He took the letter with tears. He took the letter with tears. Paul said, I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears. I know you're crying. Is anybody crying this morning? God knows you're crying. The church may not understand, but God understands whatever you're going through. That I may be filled with joy. Paul said, when I call to remembrance, the unsigned, original, authentic faith. That is in you, son, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, son, rise up. I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up, stir up the gift of God, stir up the Holy Ghost, which is in you. By the putting on, by the laying on of my hands. I laid hands on you and the gift of the Holy Ghost came on the inside of you. Stir him up. stir him up. You are not helpless. You are not hopeless. You are not alone. You are not without help. You are a child of the Most High God. Stir up. stir up the gift of God. Stop going from mountain top to valleys low looking for who to help you. Stop patronizing commercial prophets. Stop patronizing those who are read zodiac signs. You don't belong there. There is the greater one on the inside of you, stir him up. Stir him up. You don't have money to pay your house rent, stir up the gift on the inside of you. You don't know where your school fees is coming from, stir up the gift on the inside of you. You don't know where money is coming from for your exams, stir up the gift on the inside of you. You don't know how you're going to survive this sickness in your body. Stir up this gift on the inside of you. You don't know how your family is going to be delivered from this case. Stir up! Stir up the gifts on the inside of you. Stir it up. Stir him up. Don't let him lie dormant. That's your helper. Stir him up. Rock the boat. Rock the waters. You are too cool. You are too refrigerated. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir him up. Stir him up. Your your prayer life is zero. Stir him up. If you want a change in your family, you don't need anybody to come and pray for you. Stir him up because you have the helper on the inside. On the inside of you. Next verse. We reminded him. For God. Has not given us. A spirit of fear. A spirit of intimidation. No you don't have that. God has not given you. I know he's operating in you right now. But you didn't get it from God. And if you didn't get it from God. You have the right to send it back to the sender. For God has not given you the spirit of fear. They found a lump in your breast. The Holy Ghost from the inside of you. Don't die of fear. HIV does not kill people. It's the spirit of fear that kills people. It's not cancer. It's the spirit of fear. People have survived cancer. Mama, do the Austin survived cancer? December 1981. 1981 till date sounds like 42 years. Still standing. I met her in America, May 2015. The mother of Pastor Joel Austin, the pastor of the largest church, one of the largest churches in America, in Lakewood. Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. Don't let anything kill you. They say headaches kill people. Headache can kill anybody if they accept the spirit of fear that comes with it. They're already calculating, see my brain. Oh my. It's already affecting my brain, my half hemisphere. The half hemisphere of my brain. Oh, oblongata has been affected. Thalamus. Oh, hypothalamus. Oh my God. Where is this thing traveling to now? According to the medical medical books which I've been taught. Mm, 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 mm. I don't want this thing to shut down. Mm, mm. Don't shut down my. Uh, oh, mm. What's the name of that place? I don't want it. Nah, nah. Stir up, stir up the gift of God. Stir up the Holy Ghost in your belly. Stir him up. Stir him up. God has not given you the spirit of fear. But what spirit do you have? Of power. Dominion. And of love. And of a sound mind. Get up everybody. I give you five minutes to stir him up. Stir him up. Stir him up. I need intercessors on the microphone. Stir him up. Everybody pray in the Holy Ghost. If you cannot pray in the Holy Ghost, leave your seat. Come out here. I want to pray with you. If you can't speak in tongues, nobody is going to beg you. Leave your seat. Come out to the altar. I want to pray with you now. Do it now. Do it now. If you can't pray in the Holy Ghost, come out here. Let me pray with you now. I want to pray with you. Rabba, that's the Catalana, that's
1: minutes I don't like this. Prayer. I don't like this. the the inside of The the Join us, join us. If you the Holy Ghost, join us